people tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Santa's coming to town. Oh my god! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic! I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days. We are now moving into our fifth year of this tradition, and we're so glad you're on this journey with us. I am Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. Hello, all. I know that last week we had an episode drop on Monday after Christmas, but at the time we recorded that, it wasn't quite quite Christmas. So we're going to go back in time a little bit, and we're going to discuss our Christmas experience. Anthony, Julia, how was Christmas for you both? Ladies first, Julia. Um, it was good. Uh, it was good Christmas. I just I just got back less than thirty minutes ago from a second Christmas with different side of the family. So we are extending the joy throughout tomorrow where our third Christmas will happen. <laughs> um, it was good though. That it's sounds wonderful, Julia. And, yeah, it was great. It's really good. Sounds wonderful. Santa visited and Christmas what Eve was a Santa lot more chill you? than normal. Um, Santa fills Marty and I stockings and he brought me some super cute earrings and brought Marty some really cool knives. <laughs> like utility knives. And then guess what? Those Santa are very hand come in handy. They're super handy. And he loves stuff like that. Um, guess what Santa brought Jude though? What did Santa bring Jude? The same thing he brought Anthony, actually. Oh, a light bright? Yes, a light bright. Was it the American version or the Japanese version? It's the American version of the light bright. And he has loved that thing. And so that's been fun. And it was good. It was a good Christmas. It was relaxing and family came over and it was fun. What about you, Anthony? Christmas was hard this year, but Santa was good to me. Mm-hmm. He brought me a bunch of books I wanted to read at our house. And then he at my parents' house, he left me a bunch of stuff, too. He left me a new iPad, the new AirPods, uh, an old school typewriter, which I've always wanted, you know. Ooh, fun. Um, what else did he bring me? Oh, he brought me... Uh, I wanted to show you this, Julia. The story of Marvel Studios is two big old leather-bound books that details the whole first three phases of interviews with producers and directors and the cast and everything. It's like an oral history. Oh, that's so I make awesome. my way through that. Yeah. He renewed my Book of the Club, Book of the Month Club membership, which is one of my favorite gifts every year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Santa was very good to me. But Christmas itself was hard, because like I mentioned last week, my grandmother is not doing well. She's still not, so yeah. I'm kind of ready for Christmas to be over, 
Well, it is over, but you know what I mean. Yep. I get that. Tom, how about you? My Christmas was marvelous. I got a Lionel train set from the of the Hogwarts Express. Cool. That I will be building. And then um, we are starting in three days on Christmas Eve. We are starting Harry Potter as a family. <gasps> the books. The books, correct. Oh, that's fun. Um, Christine has waited, uh, has been waiting since before Ellie was born. I think two years before Ellie was born, she decided, I want to read those books, but I want to do it with our, with our kid when we adopt our kid. And so she has been waiting for almost eight years now. Yeah. And we're going to start Harry Potter. Oh, that's so fun. You get to experience fresh through new eyes. That's so fun. We do. Ellie was surprising. She didn't just tear through all of her presents. She would open a couple and then want to play. So our gift opening extended well into the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and after gifts and stockings and everything were, were done, we gave Ellie a box and she opened it. And there was a dog collar. And a leash and a dog sweater. And then she lifted it up and there was a picture of a puppy in there. And she didn't really understand. And she's like, well, who's this puppy? And I'm, and we just said, Ellie, that's your puppy. And y'all, she was through the roof. Oh, man. The bad part is the puppy is not old enough to be picked up until January 8th. So we have a calendar going and we talk about the puppy mm-hmm. all day, every day. <laughs> but today to help her out because the, uh, the, the people we're getting her from send us pictures of the puppy a lot. Mm-hmm. Like every couple of days we get a, a slew of pictures. We went and printed them all for Ellie and picked them up. So she has those in her hand that she can look at and be excited. Did you about choose now. the one with the white chest? We did. The one with the, the mint bow. Yeah. The big one. Yeah. Good choice. Good That's choice. Awesome. So we are, we are very excited. That's fun. And Anthony, I sent you a uh, text right now. You were talking about a typewriter. There is a 2000 piece Lego typewriter that really the keys come up when you, the thing comes up when you type the key and the little roller moves and you have to push it back. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. What the what? How is that even made out of Lego? So that is incredible. I know Julia saw Spider-Man over the Christmas break. I did. Is it your favorite MCU movie? Like it is mine. Favorite MCU movie to date. The best. So good. Well done, Marvel. I I don't get that. Did you see it? No. Oh. You probably need to see it first well, and then make your decision. On the other <laughs> on the other side, Tom, the day after Christmas, WB dropped a late Christmas gift with a new Batman trailer that looked amazing. Oh. They did. It looks unbelievable. And I just want to say that I have did stopped you see it, Julia? listening yeah, to Yeah, it showed before Spider-Man for us. Like the newest one? Yes. Wow, that's awesome. Cuz I, I didn't see Spider-Man until Christmas Day. Oh, um, this one this one dropped after Christmas for the first time. Oh, then never mind. I have not seen it yet, but I'm super excited. We'll be looking that up promptly. The one that aired before <laughs> Spider-Man was new to me. It had new stuff in it. So I was very excited. It looks so good. <clears throat> it does look so good. I am excited about the new Batman movie. 
It looks like it may very well be the best DC movie in quite some time. It looks like they can get over the trailers. The, the trailers are good. It looks like a Nolan type quality from the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Robert Pattinson's teeth bother me a little bit. <laughs> like you know what I don't... doesn't bother me is Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Oh, she's, she's like perfect, perfect, perfect for Catwoman. Absolutely. I'm so excited. And that's something to look forward to because usually movies like that come out in summer or like late fall or mm-hmm. something. But because it was delayed so long because of COVID, it's coming out early March. So it's only like really yeah. two months away. No big deal. Two and a half months It away. is happening soon. Yep. I still can't believe that Lenny Kravitz's daughter is old enough to be in DC movies. Mm-hmm. To be Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe that's Colin Farrell under that makeup. <laughs> Do we have any idea who the Did Riddler you... is? It's Paul Dano. Oh, it is. Okay, I missed that. Mm-hmm. I haven't. But yeah, they haven't shown his. They haven't mm-hmm. shown his face for some reason. I don't know why. No. Like, I don't know. Maybe if he's like hideously scarred or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for people like me that are avoiding IMDb and haven't read anything that says who it is. But I don't read anything. Uh- on purpose. I am digging the zodiac type vibes. We're getting oh yeah, him, though. it's great. That's who we should be. Yeah. I'm. That's who we should. I be. am I really mean, looking not, forward to this. It's not Jim Carrey. That's for dang sure. <laughs> wow. I Dodged have been working on. I have been working on potential movies for our 2022 schedule, y'all. Ooh, I want to put a castle for Christmas on there. That was surprisingly God- good. I like that one. Put Godfather two, Godfather on there, Tom. Is that the one? I am putting the Godfather on there. That definitely oh, should, should go there. On. And I'm putting the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yep. Spider Man needs to be on is that there. Christmassy. The whole premise well, is it is not was, Christmas. Remember, was Spider Man Christmas until the Spider Man has well, Christmas decorations in it at a certain. Look, point. We deserve. Look, has that stopped us it. before? And let me tell you, Julia. But. I need a poster of that final shot of him swinging over the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree in his new yes, costume. Please. Oh yeah, is that a spoiler though? No. For Tomas, he's always he Will always Tomasi that hasn't seen it. Uh, Julia, you know what? Their shot needs to be a poster. What that I want? What? And I won't say this one for Tom, but you'll know what I'm talking about the scene, the t- the Statue of Liberty when they when. A certain few people swing into battle and pose together, like facing down the villains. That needs to be a poster as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because I, I, I want that like framed on my wall because I never bought that scene like that in like live action. Okay, so Ethan saw the movie the Friday it came out. He went, he walked to the movie theater after school with his girlfriend and saw it with a few friends that Friday, and then. We saw it Christmas Day. So, like, he came home that night and he's like, that was literally the best movie I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, okay. And, like, we've been talking, like, we've been talking about, I've avoided all spoilers, but, you know, there were things we were talking about before the movie came out, right? And so I was talking to him about those things as well. And he's like, I don't think, and I'm like, oh, it's happening. And he's like, ah, that's not proven. And I'm like, oh, it's gonna. 
you just wait. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and so when we saw the movie together, it was funny because Hannah was sitting in between us because she refuses to sit on the end of anything because she likes to be blocked in. Both kids like to be blocked in by parents. They don't have to sit some next to some stranger, which is fine. But like Marty and I never get to sit <laughs> next to each other when we have kids with this. And so like every time something would happen in the movie, like we were sitting like this, Ethan would go. He'd look down the row at me and then like something else would happen. I'd look at him and be like, Hold you. And he's like, I know, it's fine. It was so funny. And Hannah was like in the middle, like, y'all are super weirdos. <laughs> but it was so I love fun. The, I love the way it happened too. It wasn't just for like the final battle, like everyone thought it might be. They got yeah. like a good third of yes. the movie. Yes, there was such good stuff. Like such good stuff. I, I really can't but like oh the movie's just so good. It's so good. You got to see it. I went Tom. opening night. It was completely sold out. Mm-hmm. So there was like, there were people cheering more in this one than when I saw Endgame opening night. They were so excited. But like. Yeah. At, like you could hear like collective breath being taken in that theater yes. the minute Ned said like, oh, I wish we could just see him. And they were like, oh, we'll try opening the portal. And like he said, I want to see Peter Parker. And like at that moment, you know what's going to happen. I know. I know. <laughs> I want to hear my my Good prediction way. for 2022. Uh, kind of, but not. <laughs> Tell us, I think because I want to tw- know what's going to th- happen. But I think in 2022 or 2023, NASA is going to announce and tell us that there are aliens. Aliens that we know for a fact there are aliens. Oh. Reason I think this: they've hired 24 theologians from different religions have been fired hired by NASA to discuss the implications of extraterrestrial life forms and how people will react if it happens. See that that's just not going to shock me though, because I never, I don't think it's going to shock anybody the, understood the people who like, don't think in the whole wide universe, there's other life out there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but, but, uh, Speaking of space and NASA and stuff, don't look up on Netflix. It's pretty good. I know it got mixed reviews, but that cast is spectacular. It's oh, that's the one with all the people, right? Leo and Mero and yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. And don't yeah, look it's up. really good. Okay. All yep. right. Jenny. We just call her Jenny. Jenny. Sorry. Yeah. Jenny. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. A good friend of mine texted me tonight, texted me on our priest and said, have y'all watched Don't Look Up? And we said, both said no. And we were instructed that we should do that post haste. Mm-hmm. You should. It's, it's funny. It's. I mean, it's your typical. Um, Adam McKay did it, right? It's your typical Adam McKay movie, I think. What else has he done? You know, he did like the the Big Short and the Wolf of Wall Street. It's the oh, okay. same guy, I think. Is it raunchy yeah. like the Wolf of Wall Street? No. Mm. No, no, no. It, by by, it's that same type of tune. Like technically, it's a. The, it's technically it's a drama, but right. it's like very funny as well. Right, got it. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, has anybody watched Station Eleven on HBO Max yet? Yes. Okay, and is it good? I have not watched it yet, but I have love you, that you, movie. Have you read the desperately? Bu- I love that. Not movie. only not did movie, I read, not, I love that book desperately. The, the, not so only did, did so I read me and Sarah. So. Not only did I read that book, but I got Emily St. John Mandel to come to Tulsa. Did you really? I remember just saying. Oh, God. Yeah, I did. Um, so have you, and you've watched the show? I have not. You, I'm looking forward to it. 
Yes, we have been watching it. And do you like it? Yes. Ooh, what did you tick up? It's, it's a, I mean. Can I like the book as a, much as I like the book and still like the show? I mean, that's probably where it's coming in short for me because I love that book. That's like one of my favorite books. It was <laughs> so good. brilliant. So good. Okay. Um, well, I've heard they take fair, uh, fair amount of liberties, right? That it's they not they necessarily do. the book to teach, which I'm fine with. Totally fine with. Yeah. That. So if you if you view it as its own thing, you'll like it. Okay. For, I mean, also the structure. You know how the structure of the book was. Like, yes. So the TV show, there's a lot of back and forth, and the first sure. few episodes are very slow and set okay. up. But okay. all right, it's not it's not it's not bad. I'd be curious to see what you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. I don't know but that I, mean, I need. Obviously- a film version of the book. The book is perfect, and any film version will be substandard to said book. Just like if they make a, mo- a movie version of Dark Matter, it's never going to be as good as the book. If they make a movie version of Recursion, will never be as good as the book, and that's just fine. Holy cow! The the the, the first she was here though? almost seven years ago, Julia. Oh wow! The the first episode though very weird to watch in a COVID world. I bet it's really like it's yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I thought about that book when COVID started happening. I was like, I either should or should not read Station Eleven again. I probably should <laughs> read it again. Not right now. <laughs> not not so fresh. Well, the, Too soon. The, the main the main actress we covered on the show. She was yes. uh, Kirsten Stewart's love interest in Happiest Season. She's I love her. Yeah, general, she's very charming in, in the show. So. Okay. All right. That's yeah. good to know because like we've got Marty and I anniversary trip is coming up next week and I'm going to watch some stuff. Now, Where are you all going? We're going to Big Cedar Lodge in Missouri for five days. I'm excited. I knew Our that. 18th I anniversary. Knew that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, normally, I want to say to our listeners, when we have a lot of pre-talk before the movie, it means we hate the movie, but not so tonight. Not tonight. No, but I do want to say there was a lot of talk about this particular movie amongst the Christmas podcast folks, and you had mentioned that there was not as much talk around 8-Bit Christmas, but I will say we've had some of our most active social media around 8-Bit Christmas that we've had in quite a while. Mm. And that is a... that is a very divisive movie. Yes, it is. Very divisive. Huh. Not just amongst us, but it seems that people either love it or hate it. There's not generally, I'm not finding much middle ground with that movie. Okay. I have but, noticed that. And I would I would also say, you know, testament to Jerry and April guest hosting that people like that episode so much. Yes. They did a good job. Well, that was a fun episode. I will apologize in advance to everyone. You're stuck with the three of us for this movie. Now, this book is (laughs) written by a man named Matt Haig. Who writes some of the most awesome adult books, too. Mm. Like, you know, I... Yeah. He's got two other books that are in... One is announced, one is in pre-production. The Midnight Library TV series... (gasps) <gasps> they're doing that as a TV show? They are. Okay, The Midnight Library they're... is a book I just ordered for Hannah for Christmas that looked really, really, really good. It's amazing. I would also recommend How to Stop Time, which is another that one that one... was really, 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 really good. 
and in pre-production is the Radleys. Hmm. The Radleys. I never. Interesting. I didn't read the Radleys. He's got a buttload of books. I'm sorry. He has quite a few books. And. And he's also a big proponent of mental health awareness and stuff because he suffers from depression. So he's awesome to follow on Instagram and Twitter because he's always like posting these really helpful uh, and informative websites and everything like that. So I recommend that. following him. He seems like a good guy. Yeah. Excellent. The film is adapted or the book is adapted for film by uh, two writers, Gil Keenan and Ole Parker. Ole Parker is best known for his writing for a TV movie called Loved Up back in 95. He wrote Grange Hill, a TV series for two years. Imagine Me and You. He did the screenplay for the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and the second Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and did the story for Mama Mia, Here We Go Again. Gil Keenan is best known for... Uh, he was the director of the movie Monster House with mm. that movie yeah. very underrated. It really mm. is. He was the writer for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. He directed the 2015 Poltergeist. So he's got some legit, some legit chops. That 2015 Poltergeist is not bad. It's not. Yeah, that's one of the few horror remakes. It's actually pretty decent. That tree, the tree scene. Is like dang scary, man. Plus, Jared Harris was just awesome in that movie as the like TV yeah. exorcist guy that called to that. Yes. yes. And anything with Sam Rockwell, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, because that I'm guy's totally, awesome. totally in on that as well. Love him. Nicholas, our main character through this film, is played by a young man named Henry Lawful, who was in Les Mis back in 2018 and this and that is it for his credits i would like to say despite his name rhyming with awful that he's actually a decent child actor he was really he was good. good look at you that's a glowing recommendation when when anthony <laughs> likes a child actor i think because that means he's gotta be dang good because those standards are high he was real good i could totally see him on stage michael huseman plays his dad Love Michael uh, Huseman. Who has been in, I do too. He played Dario Naharis in Game of Thrones, oh. which I will say, based on the book, I did not like his character very much, uh, yeah. but I don't think that was him. Okay. He played Stephen Crane in The House, the Haunting of Hill House, which mm-hmm. we covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we covered a lot of his stuff before. I didn't but even recognize him. Oh, really? He did a good... As yeah, Crane. I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't recognize him as the same actor. Oh, that's cool. He's in something else super dorky. What's the other thing he's in that's super super nerdy? Um, Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Um, that's not it. World I mean, War that Z. might be it, but that wasn't it for me. Hold on. World Maybe. War Z? Uh, I knew he was in World War Z, but that's also not it. I might be thinking That should not have been a... That was not... That should not have been turned into a movie. World War Z? Not that I movie. love that movie. Did you read the book? No, I didn't read the book. Didn't read the book. Have the book, didn't read the book. They're, it, they're <clears> in <throat> no way related. 
They're in no way related. Yeah, and- I heard the adaptation. Well, that okay, so that's one of those that should be taken separately. And although they were probably striving for an adaptation yeah. of the book, they failed miserably. But in and of itself, I freaking love that movie. That's like that's like a day after tomorrow movie for me, y'all. If you want to know if World War Z is on, I gotta watch that thing. I have to, and probably a lot of it is the Brad Pittiness, but I'm okay with this. I should give it another shot. I was just very annoyed. I love the pacing of it. That movie makes me nervous. And that's what a zombie movie should do. It should make you jittery nervous the whole time. I will say I do. I I am far more afraid of the zombies that run than the slow walking zombies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how in these movies people get caught up by slow walking zombies to begin with. Playing the dad in the real world, we have Joel Fry, also mm-hmm. from Game of Thrones. He played his dar. Hmm. So, um, he's the this best feels friend like the w- yesterday. He's been in a lot uh, over the years. Uh, Ten thousand BC, that two thousand eight movie that was beyond terrible did y'all see that one no it was so bad Oi. uh he was recently in a movie silent called silent night love wedding oh, yeah. repeat. that one it, that one's supposed to be really good cure nightly that's a christmas one that should be on our list probably in this next year it probably should it just came out literally keep it fresh he's in the new crew this i think maybe uh this is a different one isn't it this isn't the same silent night is it i think it is oh, okay I don't see Knightley. Uh, Kira Knightley's not in this one. This one's about guys who are doing one last oh, job. Oh, yeah, no, after that's totally different. Leaving not prison? even the same nope. thing remotely. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, never but mind. He was, one of, he was one of Cruella's friends in the new Cruella movie, which was awesome. Yep, he's Jasper. Was he Horace or Jasper? He's Jasper. Jasper. Yeah. I like him. I really liked him. And yesterday he was the fun, goofy friend. And ever since then, I'm a fan. Uh, I don't really know how to go in order here. Where is... Well, Maggie Smith played Aunt Rue. Well, I was going to do a whole, like, Maggie Smith and uh, Jim Broadbent are both Mm -hmm. in this. Mm -hmm. For our Game of Thrones fans. We have Professor Lupin and Professor... I mean, Professor McGarnagill and Professor Slughorn. Our Harry Potter friends. Not our Game of Thrones. Thrones. Oh, dang it. Well, I, I there's probably a lot of overlap, but yes, you are oh, correct. The Harry Potter friends. I was about to say Maggie Smith uh, was in Game of Thrones. She should have been. <laughs> she should have. Been. She should be. In she should have played nurse. How is there? How is there one? How is there one movie with all the British people that she's not in? Well, I mean that's the joke, right? With um, with Joel, not Joel. Who's McAvoy? Uh, Professor X. James McAvoy. Yeah, James, James McAvoy, McAvoy being one of the very few British actors that was not in the Harry Potter movies. Uh, we have, for whatever reason, Kristen Wiig, the most out-of-place actress in this film <laughs> for me. I just, I don't know. It was just weird. We've covered her before, right? Yeah. When we did the SNL Christmas yeah. special, we covered her. We never At did a minimum. Christmas special. Yeah, we did. Did it? Yeah, we did. Did we? Pretty sure. No, we always kept saying we would, and then we always keep not doing it. We never have. Because I was like, how have... Do I, we just <laughs> anecdotally talk about it? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, adding it. Well, adding I don't know. Maybe of... we haven't covered her. I feel like we, we covered Kristen cover... Wiig. I, don't why? I feel I don't like she why. was in something. I don't know why, though. She had to be in something we She's... covered. We talked about her. Um, Maybe anecdotally of the SNL special. She was in Knocked Up, The Brother Solomon, 30 Rock, had a one-time role. She was in Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, absolutely terrible movie. She was in Ghost Town. She had... Oh, I loved Flight of the Concords. She was in Flight of the Concords once. The Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Did we cover the How You Train Your Dragon Christmas special? No. Oh, dang it. She was a, She was Roughnut in How to Train Your Dragon. You know, we maybe mentioned Despicable her me? when we were talking about the Ghostbusters franchise of the new one coming out. Because we all said we didn't hate the one she starred in. We covered Arrest- the Despicable Me Christmas special. I don't think she was in it, but maybe we talked. That's probably why we talked about her. You're probably right. She yeah. was young Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development. She was young Lucille. <laughs> Bless the Hearts and MacGruber, and now she plays Aunt Cordelia in A Boy Called Christmas. And I was sh- I was shocked by her character in this. And Carlotta. She was fine. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. It was just weird. Like, when I looked at the cast, she just, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah, she did, well, surpri- well, <laughs> did surprise. And I was like, oh, that's Kristen Wiig. All I, all I know is uh, <laughs> never, I'm glad I wasn't born British because every single British television movie makes you seem like you'll have an evil aunt and or uncle. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Every <laughs> single one. That's Harry true. Potter, this, Matilda, literally... <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them. James of the Giant Peach. Oh yeah, anything rolled out for sure. Zoe Coletti plays the Truth Pixie, which I'm just going to say right now was one of my favorite characters in this movie. <laughs> I absolutely loved her. Um she was in the 2014 Annie movie. She was in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. She played Stella Nichols. She was in Fear the Walking Dead, City on the Hill. I'm trying to see. That's about it. First, We forgot another Harry Potter cast member. Who did we forget? Toby Jones played Father Topo. Oh, oh, he yeah. did play Toby Father Topo. Himself. He did. Aww. But we've covered we've covered him as well. We have. Uh, he was pretty amazing. Uh, the only other one I really think we need to talk about probably is Room Tempty plays Anders. An- uh, there are definitely two other ones we need to talk about too. Who? Sally Hawkins plays yeah. Mother Vodal, our villain. Oh yeah, I guess we should talk about her. I just kind of don't really want to think about her because I didn't like her character. And Stephen uh, Merchant, who's always hilarious, oh, does the voice and we get them out. He yeah. does. You're right. We we definitely need to get the voice in. But let's talk about Rune <laughs> Tempty. He is uh, in the Marvel franchise. He he was in Captain Marvel. He's the Last Kingdom. A lot of stuff in a language I don't understand or know. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's go with... I'm going through here. Steven Merchant does play the voice of Mika. 
and as you said, have we covered we? He's another one. I feel we've covered. We probably talked about him when he did the Office UK because he helped. Probably that, so. he did have a role in that. Um, but man, I love him. Yeah, I do too. He's so funny. He also had to. He was in a deleted scene for the live action Beauty and the Beast. He played Monsieur Toilet, Toilet, Toilet. How sad that was deleted. Missed opportunity. <laughs> Don't ever cut it's a Steven very fun, It's a it's a very funny scene. If you haven't seen it, go uh, <laughs> go YouTube it. It's after they all turn back into humans. He just walks out of the castle looking shell shocked and like horrified. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you cut that out? Oh man! Why would you cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> As Anthony pointed out, <laughs> Sally Hawkins plays Mother Vodal, and she's somebody I feel like we should have covered, but apparently we haven't. Uh, I would like to point out this character is gender swapped for the movie. This is a male in the books. Okay. I like that we show that women can be evil, too. I mean, if the story yeah, like stays the woman. same, was it this character that bonded with Christmas's mom? I mean, that was all different, because this character is essentially a villain for all three books. Oh, okay. Well, I, pr- I like her as a woman. It worked for me. I liked that. I liked that. Oh, I, I did, too. I, yeah. I, I, like, I thought it worked very well. Yep, I agree. Okay. I think my favorite role with her was where she was in Paddington, playing Mary. Mrs. Brown. The, oh, man. Yeah, Mary Those Brown, the mom in Paddington. So Paddington Those, Those so movies good. are so much better than they have any right to be. They are, they are so good. They are so Same thing good. with the Peter Rabbit ones. Same thing with Peter Rabbit. Peter they Rabbit are ones. way better than they should be. Hmm. But I mean, Paddington. When you look at Rod Tomatoes, they both have like a hundred percent. I mean, they're <laughs> like, do they really they are good? They're yeah. both really good. They're yeah. totally solid movies. Have you watched the two Peter Rabbits? I haven't seen either. They are again way like the movies are way better than they should be they don't have the rotten tomato love but i went into watching them just thinking oh this is gonna be whatever but they were good she was in the shape of water phantom of the opera i was was about to say wasn't she didn't wasn't she nominated for an oscar for the shape of water or win a bunch of other awards for that one i think she was probably the whole movie drew big buzz yep uh and i did not watch it had abe sapien <laughs> yeah. Is that the yeah. guy that played Abe Sapien? Also, Billy Butcherson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Huh. Basically, any <laughs> any heavily made up role, you need a tall, lanky guy. Nailed it. It's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> the three children in this movie. He's probably um, gonna play. He's probably gonna <laughs> play uh, Jerry in the Christmas Podcast Network uh, movie <laughs> one day. The tall, lanky. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you are the new Jerry. You're on like everybody's dang podcast episode. Whenever I get like new stuff in my feed, it's like also <laughs> joining us, Anthony from Tis the Podcast. Oh, joining <laughs> us also, Anthony from Tis the Podcast. <laughs> I'm like, what? You record like all the time, and you do all the <laughs> on all those things. <laughs> 
The three kids in the movie, Andrea, Patrick, and Moppet, none of none of the uh, actors in, in who played those roles have anything to their names aside from this. So they are uh, Isabella Sullivan, Eden Lawrence, and uh, Aomide Garrick. All right, let's jump into the movie. We open up. Before we start, I want to tell you the question I have that okay, I would we, like. I haven't said our histories. Well, we don't have histories, so we're fine. <laughs> that I would just like to pose this question now, and over the course of this conversation, I hope you guys can help me resolve it. Because Is I it the one say, I asked you on Discord? While, while I love this movie, I don't know if it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, and you and I talked about this because we're both like, how is a Santa origin story not a Christmas movie? <laughs> right. And we, I, yeah. And which is so a valid I question. Think, I, think, I think our discussion will hopefully help us come to the end of that. And hopefully Julia has an answer. Hmm. Okay. Um, we open up on a family who has recently lost their mother because, you know, all family movies have dead parents. And yep. those of us, you know, parents approaching our 40s are like, feel very expendable in life like we're just our death is part of a storyline i would like to point out you're not at this point you're not expendable at all i do not have replacements lined up for either of you if any of those to happen that makes me feel good (laughs) Uh, this one is high on the parent death count by the way yeah it is it is so mom is dead kids are depressed they don't want to celebrate christmas Dad has to go to work on Christmas Eve, and we're calling in dead mom's aunt. Yeah, who is we we don't get a good feeling from from these kids, and this is uh, they are just not excited about Aunt Ruth coming. Now, then we see Aunt Ruth walking to the house, and it is none other than Maggie Smith. We knew she was in this movie. My heart leapt when I saw her. She, oh, I'm just very endeared to this woman. Me too. Um. She's and one I of like those actresses, if you don't like, I question your judgment. Yes. <laughs> Hardcore do I question your judgment. I think we would ju- I think I would just kick if somebody on our came on our podcast and they were guests and started smack talking <laughs> smack like, that out. And started bad mouthing Maggie Smith, I'm probably gonna boot them from the room. You're like, yeah. We don't need to have and you, the rest of the episode. And you would have the full support of your co host if you did that. And I think most people in the pod- most people in the Christmas podcast world. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, I like her line. We get a we get a sense that something's going to happen because she's told by uh, one of the, by some man as she's walking through to the house, um, "Have a merry Christmas," and she says, "I'm working on it." Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Um, and then we see the street, and we automatically know which house it is because every house on this this street, they're, 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 it's a it's a typical British street. All the houses, you know. Um, yep. They're like little the, row, the row houses. house style. They're so cute. Yeah. I love them. And there's one that is not illumined in any way, not, not lighted for Christmas. And that's where she goes. Mm-hmm. She gets there, opens the door. The kids are not happy. She's there. Dad leaves. She takes him upstairs and tells him she's going to tell them a story. And Anthony, you look pensive. Almost. I'm okay. listening to you. I'm captivated okay. by your re- recap of this movie. She's she's putting these kids to bed, and they're all going to hear the story. She's reading the story. I think primarily for Moppet, but the other kids don't really want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. So she starts telling see. them this story, and um, we open up with a boy. Um, well, first of all, I like the way they play with the light. You know the 
the shadows start telling this story mm-hmm. to get us into the into the the actual story, which will become part of the story within the story later. Mm-hmm. Um, so we settle in on this this man and his his boy living in the woods. Um, they're hunting and they're attacked by a bear. Right, that's our opening scene. They're running from this bear. Mm-hmm. We see the fletching, the green fletching of an arrow that hits a tree near the bear and scares the bear away. And they go to their little hut that's in the middle of nowhere um, in the winter. And when they get in, the, the kid asks the dad to tell him this story again. A story that we later learn his mother had told about Elfhelm, this city in the mountains that a little girl gets lost in the woods and we're following these shadows. And it's just. The, the cinematography is stunning. It's As a gorgeous shadows movie. tell the story. Yes. The whole movie is gorgeous. You're absolutely yep. right. Um, <clears throat> but we see this this girl. She's she's lost. It's winter. She finds her way to this this elf village called Elfhelm. When the spring comes, she returns home with a pocket full of chocolates. Mm-hmm. And the kid loves hearing this story. Um, and we see that he's, you know, missing his mom a lot. He has a doll that's made out of a turnip that's really creepy to me. It's adorable like, and I love it. It's turnip creepy. face is super cute. It is a I, that thing would be rotten in any real world. Like he turnips are pretty hardy in how, that temperature. It'd probably be fine. It's a root vegetable. I didn't know how I felt about that doll until uh, it rolled over in the soup later on, and then my heart broke, and I was like, oh. <laughs> So dad is going to answer this call. He tells son he's going to answer this call from the king where he wants people to find, to bring back hope. Like the, the, the village people are depressed. Everybody's sad. The king says he's going to make somebody rich beyond measure. If well, they before, can bring back hope. Before this, we it's established as that they are both very poor and a very mouse poor. sneaks into the house in the middle of the night to try to steal some of their food. Um, and Nicholas catches him, and does, instead of killing it, uh, he spares its life and decides to keep him and try to teach him English. Try to teach him to speak. Dad wanted him dead. Well, yeah. Dad tried he's to trying kill to steal him. What little food that they had? As somebody who is in a battle for that his home with mice himself, <laughs> I'm sick of these Christmas movies humanizing these mice. Like they could be your best friend and teach you English and do all these helpful things for you. That's not how they are. <laughs> they just want you just you. don't believe in the Christmas magic. Speaking <laughs> so. of Christmas magic, did I tell y'all? With, there is one tree in our neighborhood that is covered in mistletoe and it's in my front yard. Oh, that's super fun. Yeah. Our neighbor was like, wow, you almost really love Christmas to be the only tree with mistletoe. You're like, I do. Funny you should mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. So dad is packing up to go off with this guy, Anders, Mm -hmm. who's a neighbor who we see his arrows with the fletching and realize he's who saved them from the bear. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're all leaving, and Nicholas says he can stay by himself, but Dad says, nope, uh, we're going to bring Aunt Cordelia with you. With you, Carlotta. Uh, Carlotta. Over here to stay with you. And she shows up, and she's so kind to him and nice, and everything's good. And Dad leaves, and she cuts immediately, cuts the charade, and we realize she flat out says she can't stand children. Mm-hmm. 
And the first thing she does, <laughs> cooks his turnip well, not yet. Pizza. Before that, she kicks him out of the house. Yeah, throws all of his stuff out to sleep out in the snow because she needs her privacy. Who hasn't and done this? They are sitting around, and she is complaining that they're poor. She's like, "Why can't you all have chocolate here?" You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just awful, making Nicholas feel bad for being poor and not having the things she wants and for being there. But she does make a nice effort, and she cooks him a meal and tells him to come inside and eat. And as he's eating it, rolls over, and as Anthony alluded to earlier, it's his turnip doll his mother made him. Oh, my gosh. With Horrifying. that face. <laughs> With the long, drowning in the green. It's drooping because like it's been cooked. Oh, my gosh. It the, is so The green rough. hair. It's really terrible. Yeah, it is. It felt awful. So, and like, you so hate this he, character. You hate her. And you're oh, you to. hate Aunt Cordelia. And so he goes to leave. <laughs> he leaves. And uh, he and Mika are going to go find his dad in Elfhelm. Yep. Because he can't oh, wait, stay here we, another he, dang second. Winch, Plus he found a she, map. Yeah. He found a map in his hat that was burning as he was, uh, that she threw in the fire after she was pouring his, his soup. Turnip soup. Um, Best friends. Turn up his 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 doll soup, his baby doll soup. His, I guess that's an early form of cabbage patch doll. Before the cabbage patch, they had turnip head dolls. <laughs> um, so she throws the. He goes out in there and finds out that in his hat is a map to Elfhelm, and he decides he's going to journey with Mika the mouse and go to Elfhelm. Mm-hmm. And on the they they go to leave. And Anthony, you want to pick us up from here where they're heading in the woods? Yeah, the mouse starts to speak, right? Mm-hmm. He does. And he's like, he complains about the way the boy taught him English. How it took far too long because of the way he was teaching it. <laughs> Which at this point, you know you're going to love yes. Mika, right. right? Well, plus Mika shows himself to be a very positive force on this journey and he constantly like encourages Nicholas to keep going and you know continue on because they will find Elfhelm. They will and find Elfhelm. Along the journey they run into a reindeer. Mm-hmm. A beautiful white reindeer who that wants ne- to kill them. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> eventually allows Nicholas to mount him and Nicholas names him Blitzen. Mm-hmm. Well the reason he allows him to mount him is while Nicholas is scared hanging upside down in a tree, he notices the green fletching arrow, mm-hmm. the arrow with the green f- fletching, and he hops down and he convinces the reindeer to let him help. He pulls the the arrow out and the reindeer realize he helped him and the reindeer now, you, you, you sense this feeling of indebtedness from the reindeer to Nicholas. Yeah. And when they're going, the reindeer doesn't let him mount him. He insists. He does. So this is a good change from the book because Blitzen was very, like, we'll say incontinent in the book. He was constantly taking a piss everywhere and peeing on people when he was flying and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would like to say I like that it's Blitzen. And I've been keeping a running list of which reindeer takes the lead in Christmas movies we cover. And this is the first time that it's been Blitzen. And, and I am comment. counting dead. Well, we've had Donner. We've had Cupid. We've had Blitzen. And we've had Rudolph Prancer. And Comet. And Prancer. So that's seven. We only need two more. Oh, nice. Nobody's ever going to want Dancer. 
or Dasher. Dasher. <laughs> um, um, but one day it will be cause for celebration if we reach that milestone. <laughs> um, so the trio of Blitzen and Nicholas and what's the mouse's name? Uh, Mika. Mika. They continue on and eventually reach the realm of Elfhelm. But only because at- Nicholas is dying. Mm-hmm. He's dying. He is dying. And when they get there, at first, there is nothing except he finds dad's knife. Dad's knife in the snow. Mm-hmm. And he, it's at this point when he doesn't see the town or the village or anything, he loses hope and he collapses. And this is where we meet little Noosh and Father Topo, two adorable little elves who come out. And Father Topo decides to save Nicholas's life by casting a hope spell, mm-hmm. which not only recovers him but it allows him that to see Elfhelm, which is a place mm-hmm. you can only see if you have belief and hope mm-hmm. so the spell infuses nicholas with enough of this where he's able to see the village um and he's happy to be there but he finds out pretty quickly that humans are kind of not welcome anymore because his father and group of hunters came and kidnapped a small elf. Little Kip. Little Kip. Because they want to bring him back to the king for that reward money. And, uh, you know, Father Topo is trying to shield Nicholas a bit. And Father Topo hasn't given up on humans. Uh, But the leader of Elfhelm, Mother Vodal does. Mm -hmm. And we meet her when she barges into this, or the workshop was essentially the workshop would become Santa's workshop in the future, mm-hmm. and she's this well, powerful elf dressed all the wait. Like- Santa's workshop is the house of Lil Kip's parents, isn't it? Is it? So what's this place? This was like their meeting gathering hall. They put up the tent and everything to celebrate Christmas. Okay, so the guy and they make hall. fun Town of hall. they make fun of him because he doesn't know what Christmas is. And Mika's answer is Mika's going through. He's running through like their gingerbread village they set up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they're like, "You don't know what Christmas is," and Mika's like, "Oh, you have to excuse him. He's not very smart. It's it's a it's small village made of cookies, right? Or make, made of sweets." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they got the true meaning of Christmas either. <laughs> no. <laughs> But we meet Mother Vodal, who comes in, and you when we first see her, you know she's bad news. Yeah. She's dressed all in black. She has this old staff, like that looks like an evil warlock staff. Yep. Uh, and all the rest of the elves cower and like bow, bow down to her, like get on the floor when they see her. Mm-hmm. And like there's a literal air of magic and electricity around her, and yeah, she's bad news. And what happens for whatever reason? Julia, she lifts people up off the ground when she gets mad at them. For whatever reason, she's showing her power. Um, so she, um, she has just recently come into power, right? And she mm-hmm. had just recently laid down some new laws that prohibit any interaction with humans because humans are bad news because little Kip has been stolen. And she makes a tiny little comment where once we trusted humans, Nary even loved humans. And she makes a teeny little note, right? Where you start to think about Christmas's mom, right? 
visiting Elfhelm, all mm-hmm. that stuff. But then she's like, yep. never again and no more. And we will not open ourselves up to be merry anymore. And we are really cracking down. And it is a dictatorship. And it is just nobody's to be happy anymore. We can't afford to be happy because that opens ourselves up to weakness. And we will be overrun and we will look out for elves alone. Elves and elves alone or whatever. She has some new motto. Elves first or whatever it is. Uh, and can you blame Make her? Make Elfhelm because- great again. Yeah, basically. <laughs> she will build that ice wall around that village. Oh, she's gonna. <laughs> um, but in fairness, given the state of the world nowadays, can't really blame her. Because no. if this happened nowadays, you know, human beings would kidnap these elves right. and try to use them for their magic. Yeah. Um, but she's going too far. Because when she sees Nicholas and sees that he's a human, she sentences him to death. By locking him in a tower with the troll to be That's right. eaten. That's right. And even and when he's like, who is- let me help. Find little kid. Like, let me talk to my dad. Because, like, he, my dad would not have done this. Like, straight up, I think you're wrong. And let me help. And she goes, no. Death for you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's in the well, tower. Well, you can't, you can't, like... Yes. Okay. I was still going to say, like, I don't... It's not that I don't like this character. You're not supposed to like her. But I like that she's that she's written from a point of view you can understand. Right. Like She's not just a villain point, for villain's sake at all. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, how did these Joel's dad, not Joel's dad, Nicholas's dad, Joel, and his people get into Elfthelm in the first place by probably earning their trust and eventually well, yeah. just grabbing one and getting away. Well, and she says that. She's like, your dad earned my trust, and then he lied to me. I will. I read this next one. I think like this is another difference in the book too. Besides the fact that she was a male character in the book, she they give her more depth in this because they added this backstory where she, who we find friend. out later, was friends with his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas he was more of a cartoon. The character is more of a cartoon villain in the book. And like I said at the beginning, like. I don't know if they'll make a sequel to this movie. I hope they do, because I really like this one. Mm-hmm. I hope they do all three books, but I don't know how they make her go bad again, if that makes sense. Like, I'd right. be curious to see how they change it. So, I don't know. Hmm. But it's in the tower where we meet my favorite character. And who is that, Julia? Uh, that is the Truth Fairy. What's her name? It's just a Truth Pixie. Oh, she's truth just, Pixie. she doesn't have a name. Well, we find out later on. She's oh, truth, we do yeah, find out later on. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So he he finds a truth pixie up there. Pixie fairy equate those together. She has wings and she has this little childlike face because she's. She, I assume she's a child, but sometimes in movies like this, like they look like children, but they're actually like five thousand years old. So, um, she is what she sounds like. She has to tell the truth all the time. So, like this chick is brutally honest. <laughs> brutally honest. And she does this. And I like that they point out that this does not make her friends. Right. That's right. <laughs> she is very upfront about that. Um, she also has like, so, a love for explosives. <laughs> which yeah. I love. She, she reminded me of Seamus Finnegan in the Harry Potter films. Who always 100%. Blowing stuff up. But this she is seemed like a lot more I think this is <laughs> Yes. This seems to be the, uh, the origin of Christmas crackers, right? Like that's yeah. what we're seeing happening Absolutely. here. Absolutely. 
Yep, because those are like her bag of tricks is she can materialize these things out of nowhere and they are they end up being diversions. Excellent, excellent diversions to get to assist Christmas in his escape. Um well, we because the troll is in the tower too, and he right. wakes up, and I love the design of this troll. He looks like a typical. He was a cute troll. He, he looks like the what well, you would see drawn in a lot of storybooks: huge yeah. nose, beard, long hair. Harry, yeah, he was better yeah. than the Harry Potter troll. If we're talking troll lore. He was way better. I agree. Yeah, he was adorable, but like terrifying too, because like he's obviously going to eat Christmas. But, um, but guess what? Uh, truth fairy truth pixie assists christmas in his escape it's a fun little scene it's your chase scene it's your travel scene right it's an applied violent scene because they blow up his head Did which we know? don't see now we only get the outside shot of the tower with the big explosion and then rocket launching out the scene and then yeah, rocketing into the sky that's I, true i loved it though but there is and his magic is keeping them flying his hope is keeping them flying until the truth pixie is truthful and he's then afraid and they start plummeting, right? Like she, again, <laughs> ruined it with her. Right. Yeah. So she goes, um, they go throughout the town in their effort to escape, um, trailing through a, a classroom, a class at one point. Um, and he, in his earnestness, right? Because this kid and this character really is like earnest. Like he's not a bit of bad bone in his body. Um, the teacher assists in his escape as well. Isn't that right? I can't remember her name. Yes. Yeah. Um, while she is teaching in class, we don't trust humans. We don't trust humans. And then she actually talks to him. And um, this becomes a thing later on that when he gets a chance to speak, people listen. Um, so they escape and he proceeds to stumble upon because now his his mission well, is to find little Kip. His mission is to not only find little Kip, but home. find his dad because he thinks the whole thing is a big misunderstanding because his dad would never do this. And he wants to bring them back to clarify what actually happened. That's right. Both returning little Kip and restoring Elfingham's support of humans and, or trust at least, right? Trust of humans. Yeah, yeah, trust of humans. So they end up finding the campgrounds his dad and team are camped at by finding little Kip in a little sad jail cell. In the woods, the dark woods at night. And little Kip is just like the sweetest little thing ever. And he's in this little cage and it's so sad. And Christmas ends up getting the confirmation that the humans took little Kip because they were mm-hmm. taking him back to the king and that his dad allowed it to happen because one, his, his dad's dad was a little one desperate. of the baddies. That's right. And you get the sense everybody else in the camp is like totally fine with this plan, but the dad is a little tormented, right? And so <clears throat> what happens is they capture Christmas and Mika and do they capture the pixie? Can you capture a pixie? She's not with them. She's not with them. That's right. She stayed behind. She's sacrifice herself. She, but she, yeah, she blew up the, the gate, gate so they couldn't get out. That's right. That's right. So she's not with him, but he is with Blitzen and Mika. So that's who he escaped with, the original core party. Um, so they're captured, and what dad ends up doing is helps them escape. 
And in the process of escaping, I mean, you've got a chase scene because you've got these natural bred hunters who are trying to get back little Kip and also stop Christmas and now stop the dad because the dad is definitely is turncoat now. And he is helping his son because guess what? He loves his son. He loves his son. And so he's in a complicated the escape, figure. He is complicated. Um, well, so and, and I, I had no sympathy escape. for the dad with what's about to happen. I did. It's really neat because because at this point Blitzen begins to fly, and right. Dad is Dad is attached with a, by a sleigh to Blitzen, right? right. Lil mm-hmm. Kip, and all I can think every time I say Lil Kip is Little Sebastian. I know that's but all Lil, I think too. Lil Kip every time. <laughs> Lil Kip is is on the back of of Blitzen with with Nicholas, and Dad realizes that there's not enough magic to carry him as well. So he cuts the reins and falls into a gorge, and we watch Dad die. But this and is this when is the origin story of why you need eight to nine reins. Yeah, uh, he probably only needed two. But after watching this happen, Nicholas is like, "We're not going to take chances. Let's max this crap out." Before Dad dies, which is a very sad scene, he tells Nicholas, "I love you so much, and I believe in you." Kind of important, right? It was sweet. It's our future Father Christmas. Um, So Nicholas is in a a deep, dark place while they're flying through the air. And he flies back to Elfingham because we see Mika. Kip. Mika's so sweet. Mika and Kip, like they're there to comfort him in his time of need. And it was such a sweet scene. Yeah. So I have a question for both of you. And for our listeners, in case either of you don't know, where did the origin of the Christmas mouse come from? Because you do see mice, Christmas mice, in a lot of TV and movie specials. So I want to know the origin of that. Listeners, if any of you know. I don't know. Curious to hear. Um, So they head back to Elfingham and Nicholas returns. Little Kip. How does he show up? There is a big meeting going on with the bad lady and she is talking about (laughs) one of the, one of the, one of the elves said is, is standing up to her and says, you can never take the ground out from underneath of us. At which point mother vocal lifts her to the ceiling, (laughs) which just made me laugh. She's going to banish all of them. That's right. That's right. She's taking consequences out on the people that aided and abetted the escape of, Christmas slash Nicholas. I've been calling him Christmas, but his name is Nicholas. He, that's because called. he's a boy named Christmas. That's right. Christmas is his nickname. Um, and so it's then that that they are standing up for like, you know, I think you need to give this kid another chance. I think he might actually, there might be humans that are okay, right? Like I, I, may, I think you're overreacting, woman. And so Nicholas walks in in that moment with little Kip and oh my gosh, he did what he said he was going to do. This is a revelation, but she's not convinced. And she disappears underground into her lair. And we don't know what's about to happen, but we know it ain't good because like she is still not okay with the human thing. Um, Little Kip is returned to his parents. They're super excited about it. They all go in to celebrate the return of Little Kip into Little Kip's parents' house. And that's where Christmas starts to see all of these beautiful things that they create. Specifically tops, I think, are the first thing that he sees. And it makes him think about what, how much joy is brought um, with such a little gift 
to somebody, namely kids in his village, when they get such a little thing and it means so much. And so that's when he starts to say, I know how to bring happiness back to the land, our land, how to bring magic back. How do we bring magic back? Giving. And so the elves band together. One toy. One. I thought that whole part, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. The part where he talked about how that he had one toy and the elves were like, only one. And he's like, it only takes one. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene. So, which was a great scene for us to talk to Ellie about like not wanting too much, not, you know, becoming selfish, the idea of giving and being grateful for what you have. It was really well done. It was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. And in the meantime, he's like, I'm going to need like a large piece of fabric if you can spare it to like put it in. Oh, we're starting a curtain business. (laughs) That's right. Mika thought they were starting a curtain business. The truth (laughs) pixie thought they were going to kidnap another elf. (laughs) And they're both very excited about these things. (laughs) Oh, I love And Go ahead. And truth pixie gets so let down when he tells her they're not going to (laughs) kidnap another elf. I was going to say, I like it when Mika talks to Kip's parents because he had mentioned earlier in the movie cheese. I've heard of this thing called cheese and it sounds magical and I would like to try it. And so she's like, oh, I make my own cheese. And he goes, marry me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes. Which was sweet. Ellie looked at it and she's like, that's silly. A mouse can't marry a lady. (laughs) (laughs) So we have... Nicholas, a.k.a. Christmas, who has found – he has a bag full of toys, handmade toys, by the inhabitants of Elfingham, a.k.a. the elves. And his goal is to get on that flying reindeer and head to his town and tell the king, here's a solution to your problem. Um, but on his way, he gets stopped by our villain. Uh, She flips him upside down to keep him from going anywhere. And it is in that moment she's like, dang, you look familiar. Who's your mama? She doesn't say it like that. So she's like, something about you is. That would have been amazing if you didn't say it like that. (laughs) Something about you is very familiar. And his pendant falls out of his shirt that he had. He's worn the entire time. And it's like a wood carving of a cameo type uh, side profile view of a woman. Um, and it was his mom's. She wore it all the time. And so she's like, interesting. Tell me more. And so he said, my mom always wore it and gave it to me. And she's dead now, by the way. Third death. Third parent. Dead. Three dead parents. And she's like, there was a girl a long time ago that came here, a human, and we were the best of friends. And she lasted for a season. And then she went home. She just left. She just up and left and broke all of our hearts because we were so super close. And he's like, that was my mom. And that's why I'm here. And so she realizes, one, not all humans are bad. Um, and she also realizes the true goodness of Christmas. Uh, Nicholas as Christmas. Um, because he has a little speech. And I can't remember it. But it's absolutely beautiful. And he gets to her, right? He connects with this lady. And that's her Linus moment in that moment. But she allows him to proceed. And we get the idea that there's a beautiful future for humans and elves in this area. And he flies away on Blitzen. He shows up at the king's house and tells the king, hey. Can I add one thing? (laughs) Yeah. Father Topo tells him at this point, though, come back. You're one of us. This is your home. 
That's right. Which was pretty amazing considering the fact he hadn't thought about this yet, but dad is dead and you have nowhere to go. Yeah, just that nasty aunt. You don't want to go back there. That's not okay. No. But he does. But he He does. does, Which I love, by the way. We'll get to that in just a second. So he, he goes to Slughorn, a.k.a. the king, and he tells him, it just takes one little thing. Here's the bag of toys. Do with it what you will. Go spread happiness. And the king's like, I am absolutely not equipped to do this. And so he's like, well, just ride with me then on this flying reindeer. And so while the king doesn't understand immediately that a one small toy is a bit of magic, once he gets on the flying reindeer and he starts to see and feel what it's like to give this away, does he realize the true magic of what Christmas is proposing as the solution to the problem? Um, they even drop in on awful Aunt Carlotta and she's awake in this moment and she's hollering at him to get out of her house and all of this stuff. And as he's hovering up above, she's like, oh my gosh, it's Christmas. And he tells her to check her pockets when he could have just told her to F off, you terrible person. And he didn't do that, though, because he's better than I am. And she checks her pockets and it's chocolate. And she has like this real joy on he, her face. And I'm glad he didn't do that. Me too. Santa, no, right? it's not. He grows up, obviously, to be Santa. And we saw this, too, in Santa Claus has come to down with Rankin Bass, right? Despite yep. everything, he gave the Burgermeister toys. That's despite right. everything yes. he did to him. I know. Which, yeah. by the way, I appreciated the red hair. Oh, I did too. He's a total ginger. How funny is that? He is. Yep. What's, I mean, is that a thing? What? That's my question. Rankin Bass popularized that. So I'm glad it's like like a little homage to them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he flies off and drops the king back off at his place. And the king goes, "Um, you're hired. Okay. So like this needs to become a thing. And he's like, what do you mean I'm hired? And he's like, we need you to do this. Like you're the guy. So he's the guy, which means he's Father Christmas, which means he's Santa. And here is our Santa origin story of the first Christmas there ever was with a Santa. And then we wrap up this movie and Ruth uh, finishes her story uh, uh, and basically helps the kids accept the fate of their mother and learning to live with that because Nicholas did. That was the whole point of her right. story. Yep. And, and there are say- lovely... Don't use this episode of the podcast as a substitution for watching this movie because there are moments with Aunt Ruth where she takes a break in telling the story and you come back to present time where she digs in deep to the fact that Nicholas lost his dad. And yeah, it like hardcore sex, but there are elements of darkness in your life that you walk through and it makes you stronger on the other side. But it's so much better because Maggie Smith says it. Her quote was, there were two things she said. She told... When she was with Meek, the, the, both of these times she's with Mika and, oh, I'll go do this at quotes. Never mind. We're, we're about to end. They say that they want Father Christmas to come back next year when dad gets home. They go to the living room and it is amazing. Yes. Picture perfect Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the... The nice capper on the film is when Aunt Ruth leaves and Dad comes home. Her hat slips up, and you see she has pointy ears. And we find <gasps> out she is the truth pixie. We find this out because she throws the Christmas crackers in the sky and makes another explosion. Yeah, and her smile, the Maggie Which, Smith smile. So these kids are then descended from Santa, yep. supposedly. 
So are they? So I mean, is she a proper ant or is she like a vuncular, like an ant? Well, even if she's a vuncular, that well, because even if they were Santa's descendants, she'd be a vuncular because she's not really related to Santa. But right. even if not, they have to have some connection to Santa. The truth pixies coming here to babysit them. Right, right. I mean, right. there's to be a closeness for sure. I just had wondered if, you know. Anyway. Yep. I have a ton of quotes because I actually wrote them down as I went along. Nice. Because Go the movies it. were so pointed. The two I want to start with uh, are both in the village when they're when they're getting ready to ex- escape. M- Mika asked, and, and it's about this time where um, Nicholas asks, you know, if the pain will ever get better, and she basically says no, and the truth pixie says. And, and, and um, um, Mika asks her, couldn't you have lied? And she said, the only thing in life that is simple and clear is the truth, but it can be painful. And Aunt Ruth tells the kids after she asked them, you know, if they miss their mom or they look like they're heartbroken, two of the kids say no. And then the boy, the younger boy, Moppet, says, I still miss Mama and I love her with all of my broken pieces, <laughs> which just stabbed my heart. That was so sweet. She ends up telling the kids that grief is the price we pay for love and worth it a million times over. Um, that is one of the most beautiful lines I've seen in a movie in a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Did you do the whole? Did you do the whole conversation after the truth pixie did? But it can be painful. Did you read the rest of that? Because I have the rest of that quote. I really liked. Uh, I don't have the rest. I stopped there. Okay. After after she says that line, uh, the only thing in life that's simple and clear is the truth, but it could be painful. Nicholas asks her, does the pain ever go away? She says, no. Mika says, couldn't you lie just once? And the truth pixie says, but you you learn to live with it and you get stronger because yep. of it. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it's a good movie for us to cover this week for me in my mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a benign movie at all. No. They towed that line very well, where I feel like it's palatable for kids, but it's also very poignant for adults or anybody that's walked through that. And it's it's just so well done. It really is. And I did not write I loved, quotes down, but I loved everything with the king. Do you have do you have other stuff written down, Anthony? No, I don't. I just have the, the quotes okay. about grief that you already did. Okay. The king gathers all these people to tell them what he wants them to do, right? And he says, we all know times are hard. I mean, really, really, really hard. I can't remember the last time I smiled. Can you? What is there to smile about? We're all miserable. We're all missing something. And I think we all know what that is. The first the first person screams out, a healthcare system? Yeah. <laughs> it's an idea, but not quite. The next one, a living wage? Again, worth discussing. A fair system of government, enough a governance, enough food to feed people. <laughs> and he's like, no, hope. We all need hope. A spark of magic to keep us all going. I've gathered you here because you are the hardiest men and women in the land. One of the guys coughs and he's like, not you. Not you. <laughs> he said, I'm asking you to go to the very edges of our kingdom. Go beyond and bring back something, anything to give us hope. The path may be dangerous. Some of you will die. Probably most of you. But if you succeed, if you succeed, your reward will be will be far greater. <laughs> Broadbent's like the perfect person to play that role, by the way. Oh my gosh, he was both both <laughs> this, versions. This of was the king. not a role in the books at all, by the way. 
Really? Really? Ooh, what a nice ad. Mm-hmm. So does Christmas just come back and do Christmas on his own? Well, well. So why did Dad? Like, why did Dad leave? Yeah. Well, there was that. There was the thing from the king, but you never see the king. Oh, you know, the whole thing never gets resolved with the king. I gotcha. Okay, so uh, I love the. Oh, go on, Tom. I love when he's hungry and Aunt Carlotta is complaining that he's, you know, his stomach's growling or whatever, <laughs> and she says, "Oh, stop complaining! I'm hungrier than you are." And he says, "You're eating my breakfast." And she's like, "I'm not enjoying it." <laughs> <laughs> So I want to discuss the question I posed at the beginning of this. Was this a proper Christmas movie or a movie set at Christmas? And I want to hear, Julia, your thoughts, because Tom and I aren't sure. Or at least Tom are, wasn't are we sure done with when quotes? he first messaged me. Oh, I didn't know you you were you had more. I'm sorry. Oh, I wrote a bunch. Oh, go read them through then, man. Nicholas says, oh, when, when Mika can talk, he said, yeah, of course I can talk. I can fly as well. No kidding. No, mice can't fly. That would be absurd. Uh, and he's like, so why didn't you speak before? He says, waiting until I could form a proper sentence, which with you, one word at a time teaching, with, with your one word at a time teaching system, did not did take forever. Which made me laugh. Oh, it loves to teach. The other line that uh, Aunt Ruth said in the movie that I've gotten, I'll stop here. People can watch the movie to get the rest. Um, she says, the darkest night will end. The sun will rise and Christmas morning will come again when anything and everything can happen. Now, Julia, is this a Christmas movie? Yeah, that's a nice seg into it, isn't it? Um, Yeah, I I mean, it's a Santa origin story. So for me, that automatically means it's a Christmas movie. Um, The bigger, broader question is, could this... Is it set at Christmas, right? Or is it a Christmas movie if I take the fact that it's a Santa origin story out? Is that what you're trying to get me to do? Well, so I, I want to question that. Yes, it's a Santa origin story, but even at the end of this, he's not properly Santa. And, and that's what the book series goes, right? Like, it's him becoming Santa. Proper. How's he not Santa at the end of this? We don't see the red coat and the beard, right? Is that what you mean, Anthony? Or, I mean, I just I still got the impression that he was still has more to learn and grow before he becomes Santa. Like he's not there yet. Well, like no kid is ever, you know. Yeah, you, there's always learning and growing to do, right? He's not. He is not. Even if you put the beard and the coat on him, I wouldn't say he's proper mythological Santa. Everyone knows yet, but that was just the opinion I got. Okay. I mean, for me, the 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 embodiment of Santa like the- is complete. I mean, aside from like aesthetics and stuff like that. Sure. He's got kinks, but like they even call him father Christmas when he flies out. <clears throat> so for me, it's absolutely a Christmas it- movie. That is true. They did. The father Topo did call him father Christmas. But is that more because that's the elf culture? His last name is Christmas and father, father Topo, father. I always love finding people I mean, who even if it is. share my affinity for elf culture. It's his home. <laughs> when he leaves, he's a member of the group. Elfingham's his home. He's For me, it was more of an the, – the thing was more of – 
more of like it didn't feel like Christmas. They didn't have like right that meaning up. But then again, a lot of the popular movies don't. Like I, I don't know. I'm very torn on this whether or not this is a Christmas movie, because that, definitely the scenes of Anne Ruth in Modern Day London, everything looks and feels Christmassy, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't. For me, I didn't get a lot of that feeling up in Elfheim because it's not. She's suppressing everything that made the elves happy. She changed the culture enough before he comes because she doesn't like humans or elves being merry or uh-huh. anything. I, I don't know. Like, it's tough for me because I love this movie. I really, truly do. I think it has a lot to say, like you said, Julia. Like, it's not like an idle film that makes you think. It has some deep messages in here. But, like, is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. I'm still struggling with this question. Well, the elf celebration she suppresses, right? The revolt that that father what's his face is participating in and these other elves like yeah where they're celebrating christmas it's definitely christmasy with the gingerbread houses and the dancing and the singing and the camaraderie and for me it's just that that is what it is aside from her suppression of it and as soon as the movie's over that suppression goes away why do they celebrate christmas let me ask you that well, and what is it for them? It's just a party. Yeah, right? I think that's my, my confusion. Like, so what? What is Christmas to them? That's a valid question. I think it's just that that's, they make it feel like it's that <clears throat> elf spirit. Their elfiness is the Christmasiness. They embody that all the time, and wouldn't they? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't you? I mean, I I picture the North Pole the center of elf culture, right? As always being that way. Every day. Every day is like that. In the North which, Pole. which it is in like every other Santa movie we've seen. Right. right? That we've seen the North Pole. And so I assume that's and how I, it was pre-suppression. She suppressed it for not even that long because like the night before she had had that meeting with the crew saying treat it <laughs> this way. And so then the suppression will lift because she has had a mind shift as well. And now they have a leader. And, like, they view him already as their leader. I guess. Okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to vocalize where I'm having trouble with this. And yeah. I think it's because if you take a movie like Elf or The Santa Claus, right? You just. There are no, like, religious aspects to those movies at right. all. But, but they take place in the quote-unquote modern world. And we know why the world is celebrating Christmas. So you know there's that religious aspect behind the holiday in general. Even though they don't acknowledge it. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know how Christmas came <sighs> to be here. If that makes sense. Like or why what are it they is. celebrating it? What is it? We don't, I don't say know what that it the is. Grinch is a Christmas movie. Because we know the Who's are celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ in a religious sense. They're just celebrating togetherness, this thing that happens once a year, the gift giving being motivated purely by the give, not the get. And that's all this entire movie is that same thing. I mean, our Linus moment is not always the Christ part of it. It's just not because it can't. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not not saying it's not, but I'm just confused what Christmas is in this movie. But no, okay. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I do, and it is 100% has a Linus moment. I'm mm-hmm. not arguing that. Right. You know, I was going to deduct it for not being a Christmas movie. 
but I can't after Julia's compelling argument. <laughs> so ranking. So what would we rank it? Ten. To ten. Uh oh. <laughs> I can't give it a he 10. He doesn't have to go ten. Why? Whoa, whoa, Don't pressure him into can't. ten. I'm well, I want to, no, I want to understand the reason why he it's not that he's not, he's that he can't. It's probably because he's looking at his other tens and he can't put it up. No, there with his other no, tens. no, that's not why I'm doing it. Oh. I can't get past this question I have. The Christmasiness. But but you did help me. Okay. I, I'm going to be diplomatic here and give it a nine. No, give it what you want to give it. There's no give it, What here. were you thinking, Anthony? No, what no, no, no. Be no. Because, 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 because you did make a valid point there, Julia, with the Grinch. You really did save it there for. And even though I don't think this is the most Christmassy of movies, I can't rank it as low as I did things like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles or Batman Returns that are clearly just set at Christmas, but not Christmas. Because right. I do love this movie. It does feel Christmassy in the London scenes for me more than the North Pole. Mm-hmm. I just, it loses that point for me because I am confused by what Christmas is in this universe. Mm-hmm. At least in this film. I hope they answer it in a sequel or over the course of a trilogy like the books do. Yeah. I really hope it gets a sequel because I liked it a lot. But I'm going to give it a 9. So it's a 9.67. I... I'll put that number 3 on our list. So I'm not at all arguing with you. I don't. I want it to be known that I that I that that's not the point here. I as I think about it, I think even if I had said it wasn't a pure Christmas movie, I think I still would have bent my own rule and given it a ten. I just love it that much, and it is going. It, and the thing that's getting me is yes, every year at Christmas, this is part of my Christmas canon. Yeah, mine too. For sure. I think that's what pushed me over to the 10. And I'm not telling you this to change your opinion or anything. I'm just, more than anything, rationalizing myself why I was okay with the 10. No, I, I totally get that. I think, yeah, I think for me, it, I think it comes down to the fact that this is now part of my Christmas canon. It's. I think this is my... 8-Bit Christmas is not going to be an... It may not be an every year thing for me. I acknowledge that. Like, this is my 2021 new Christmas canon movie. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, that, Anthony? Is this part of your uh, Christmas canon? Yes. Yes, it is. And I and I 100% get where you're coming from, too, where you, you said you might, you're bending the rules, your own rule there while ranking. Because we all do that for the films we want to give. We do. Yeah. The ones that mean that much to us. Some this movie just clicked with me in so many right ways. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's no, good. I 100 percent get that. I want to hear what people think though, because we had a we th- this one sparked a lot of conversation even before we recorded. Like I said, Anthony and I were going back and forth on this because we were both a little. Is this? Are we wanting this to be what it is, or is it actually what it is? Anyway, um, so I want to hear what people have to say. And the best way that you all can do that, folks, is hitting us up on our Facebook group. Um, I'll make a post on uh, just a, a poll, Anthony. I think uh, on Monday, I'll put up 
is a boy named Christmas, a proper Christmas movie. Yes or no. People can vote and then they can leave their note, their, their discussions. And the way you can get to that is if you go to linktree.com slash tis the podcast, you'll find all of our links for Facebook, Instagram, Facebook group, Twitter, Reddit. I think that covers it all. Um, except for the very generous, loving, kind people that Anthony's going to tell us uh, a little bit about that you can also be join. Oh, Patreon for as little as a dollar per month. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I was confused there. Join what the heck are you people. talking about, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> um, for as little as one dollar a month, you can join us. At, uh, for as little as one dollar per month, you can get full length bonus episodes on Patreon. Um, I slowed down the past few weeks because Christmas season gets busy. But uh, good for you. With mm-hmm. the new year starting and my book being done with, so I don't have that to edit every week. I will have more time to get Patreon stuff up there at a more consistent rate, like I had been doing earlier in twenty twenty one. So. Check it out. And if you want to give us more than a dollar, you can do that and get other goodies. So we will have. So since you get so many Christmas cards at Christmas, we send our Christmas cards off season. So you will randomly get your 2022 Christmas card at some point next year. If you're on that list, we may make some new pens. We're definitely getting some new swag. So be sure to follow along. Next week, uh, we are doing The Preacher's Wife. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> I didn't oh, that's nasty. I just got that. <laughs> Next week, we are covering The Preacher's Wife. <laughs> and the week after that, we are covering Christmas in Connecticut, which is a classic <laughs> we have not done yet. Or years on the show. <laughs> can you even leave that in? I almost hope you can. You can leave that in. Oh, leave that in. man. <laughs> I am not the quickest. Y'all. So I, I'm, gl- I'm glad I was able to make y'all inadvertently laugh before I have to break this piece of news to y'all. Uh, just to make this, just to end this on the lowest note possible, there are 30,758,400 seconds which is 512,640 minutes, which is 8,544 hours until Christmas. That's 356 days. 51 weeks, y'all. Happy New Year! We'll be in the 40s before you know it. Really well. Happy 2022, y'all. Let's hope it's better than the past two years and it's not just 2022, like the sequel. Because, you know, those sequels are never (laughs) as good. (laughs) Which is a scary thought. It really is. Bye, y'all. Bye! (laughs) 